Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Carthago Delenda Est. Hello and welcome to Everything's Political. I'm your host, Taya Shoemake. You can find us online at everythingspolitical.org. The email address for the show is podcast at everythingspolitical.org. Shout out to Magic Man Joe Strecker. Which, Joe, I think, I think that's breaking news that we have from our appointed puppet in chief. Can we play that? Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we got to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. And I want to talk about the president of Russia, yeah, Putin. Yeah, Putin. Putin, listen to me. I have a very important message to you. The message is... And the president of China... Oh, he didn't finish Russia? No, sir. Thank you to correct me, First Lady. Damn. Yeah, thank you very much. God bless you. And God bless... Thank you all. Hallelujah. Clap to your president. Clap to your president right now. Okay. Well, clearly that was a parody. was not Saturday Night Live. It was Saudi TV. Yes, Saudi Arabia the Sharia law country run by Sharia law mocking the United States. Well, mocking the puppet in chief by extension, the United States. So that Joe, I don't believe that's ever happened. Not in my lifetime. Uh, now I'm all about mocking the spirit of this age uh, because he hates that worse than anything. So, if I'm looking for a, a silver lining, that's it. Because certainly the spirit of the age runs Washington, D.C. But yeah, so there we have it. So to all the white suburban women who were so upset with mean tweets, congratulations. This is what you have as a result. So take a bow. Huge. Hashtag I roll at the end of that statement. Good Lord. So yeah, they're real afraid of us. Right, Joe? They're so afraid of us, they're going to um, mock us to everyone. So, great. I wanted to address today the situation in China. Received some emails about it. And this, I'm going to try to get through it. <laughs> Joe, because there's always context, right? There's always history. And 
I think it was quite a few shows ago, five or six, where we covered the lockdown of a city. I can't remember the name of the city, but it was over very few cases of what China called mutant coronavirus. But the symptoms that these people were displaying were similar to uh, VHF symptoms, right? Like Ebola or hantavirus or Marburg virus, right? So the, the viral hemorrhagic fevers. And they shut that city down. It could have been a mutant strain as a result of the mass vaccination program that they have over there, which is what happened here as well. The early frontline doctors warned us of that, and that's exactly what happened. It could have been a new virus that got out, right? We don't know. The thing about dealing with communist regimes, obviously, I'm, I'm just guessing everybody knows this that's listening, is you always have to read for buried headlines and you always have to turn whatever information you find upside down. So I'm sure you're all aware that China has locked down Shanghai, which is our largest city. It rivals, I would say it probably surpasses from people that I know who've been there have told me it surpasses Manhattan in many ways. And it's due to the large port that uh, resides in Shanghai. And this lockdown is ostensibly to prevent COVID-19. There's it, It's to um, support their zero COVID policy. Put that in quotes, air quotes. Now, we can cry BS on that already because we know that virus gonna virus. So you have to kind of look in between, behind, around to see what in the Foxtrot's going on. If you've seen any of the videos, there are mass suicides, starvation. The people are rioting and looting. It's crazy there. And it's very sad. It's uh, very emotional to watch these videos and these people who are in complete desperation. And so we're going to go through some of this. And I just want to underline that we're just going at a slower pace here. Okay, it's not necessarily the hammer yet, but a lot of what we're seeing in China and that I, I think they've since they're trying to loosen the restrictions now because of this, the, it, all of these suicides, people throwing themselves from windows, people hanging themselves. It's horrible. That has been, the, those things are being leaked and the CCP wants to save face. They also want Xi, Xi Jinping, their leader, to be appointed emperor for life. That has not been done since Mao. And one of the signs that the current leader should be appointed, and I'm, I'm oversimplifying this, but so bear with me. One of the signs that a current leader should be appointed, leader for life, emperor, tyrant for life, just put in your modifier, is prosperity. And uh, conversely, one of the signs that the current leader should not be appointed is devastation, famine, pestilence. So if there's COVID going around, they have to shut down, lest that be a sign to the people that Xi should not be appointed. Now, again, we don't know, we don't know, but these are all things to consider.
this could be yet another strain, although reports coming out initially were that it was Omicron. And if that's the case, nobody needs to shut down anything. We know that, right? Virus gonna virus. And Omicron ended stuff here, although we do have Philadelphia and a couple of other ridiculous cities trying to reinstate the unconstitutional COVID policies that we've experienced over the last 26 months. So we can say that Xi wants to shut down the pestilence because he wants to be murderer for life or whatever you want to call him. Or you can say Xi wants to do what Mao did with a great leap forward. It's the CCP. They're evil. They're horrible, godless. It, it just doesn't get more evil than that. So the great leap forward. I wanted to read a little bit about that because th th that was a subject of some of the emails we received. And not a lot of people are familiar with the great leap forward. If you asked, if you went out drinking with your buddies or met after work at the bar and asked how many people out of 10 had even heard of the great leap forward, let alone knew about it, you would probably, if you got half, I would be shocked if five people out of 10 knew, which on my scale is a failing grade. So I found a piece, shockingly pretty good piece, Joe, from the Washington Post. This was in 2016. And Ilya Somin was the author. And in it, she quotes from a, a, an article by Frank DeCotter who wrote a book called Mao's Great Famine. And I'm just going to read the, the quoted part from that article. Mao thought that he could catapult his country past its competitors by herding villagers across the country into giant communes. In pursuit of a utopian paradise, everything was collectivized. People had their work, homes, land, belongings, and livelihoods taken from them. In collective canteens, food distributed by the spoonful according to merit became a weapon used to force people to follow the party's every dictate. Are you seeing the parallel, folks? You can't see a news source or look, look at a news source today without reading about the looming food shortages. Or just go to the grocery store. So that became the weapon. As incentives, the piece continues, to work were removed. Coercion and violence were used instead to compel famished farmers to perform labor on poorly planned irrigation projects while fields were neglected. Okay, so the Great Leap was ostensibly, this is what he proclaimed, he was going to move China from its agrarian roots and society into an industrialized nation, right? We're going to put people in communes. We're going to give them all generators and electric power and whatever. That was what he claimed. And I think history is pretty irrefutable on his intent to just depopulate. Does that sound familiar? Oh, I don't know, Bill Gates. We need to decrease the population by 500 million. It's all the same. It's just at a slower pace. Say that in politics all the time. We're not in our current 
position as a country without a huge dose of compliance and silence or deed from the Republican Party. They're the same. It's a uniparty. They just go at different paces. This piece continues. A catastrophe of gargantuan proportions ensued. Extrapolating from published population statistics, historians have speculated that tens of millions of people died of starvation. That's, what ha that's what's happening in Shanghai right now. But the true dimensions of what happened are only now coming to light, thanks to the meticulous reports that the party itself compiled during the famine. So what comes out of this massive dossier, this piece continues, is a tale of horror in which Mao emerges as one of the greatest mass murderers in history, responsible for the deaths of at least, and the projections are much more, but of at least 45 million people between 1958 and 1962. That's over 10 million people a year. It is not merely the extent of the catastrophe that dwarfs earlier estimates, but also the manner in which many people died. Between two and three million victims were tortured to death or summarily killed, often for the slightest infraction. Here's an example. When a boy stole a handful of grain in Hunan village, local boss Zhang Dejang forced his father to bury the boy alive. This is communism. This is what millennials and many of Gen Z want. They don't want to own anything and they'll be happy. That father died of grief a few days later. The case of Wang Zio was reported to the central leadership. One of his ears was chopped off. His legs were tied with iron wire. A 10 kilogram stone was dropped on his back and then he was branded with a sizzling tool. Punishment for digging up a potato. This really happened. This is documented. So the author of this piece at the Post comments, the basic facts of the Great Leap Forward have long been known to scholars. Decatur's work is noteworthy for demonstrating that the number of victims may have been even greater than previously thought, and that the mass murder was more clearly intentional on Mao's part, and included large numbers of victims who were executed or tortured, as opposed to merely starved to death. Even the previously standard estimates of 30 million or more would still make this the greatest mass murder in history. While the horrors of the Great Leap Forward are well known to experts on communism and Chinese history, they are rarely remembered by ordinary people outside of China and have only had a modest cultural impact. That's a problem. We have that issue here. We have forgotten our own history. When we think of the great evils of the world, what do we think? We think Hitler. True enough, true that. But many people don't know that Stalin and Mao and Pol Pot killed more people than Hitler could have imagined. That's a problem. In contrast to the numerous books, movies, museums, and Remembrance Days dedicated to the Holocaust, she continues, we make little effort to recall the great leap forward or to make sure that society has learned its lessons. When we vow never again, quote unquote, we don't often recall that it should apply to this type of atrocity, as well as those motivated by racism or anti-Semitism. Folks, I'm going to say that fear over the last 26 months has completely rubbed out 
the quote-unquote never again philosophy or mindset because the crimes perpetrated under that moniker of never again were perpetrated right here on our own soil over the last 26 months oh you could you could probably say longer than that so when we look at what's going on in shanghai you could draw you could absolutely draw a parallel and say that Zhang is trying to get another uh, leap forward to depopulate, put less of a strain on the economy, just like Bill Gates wants to do here in, in the globalist cabal that own our government in D.C. So Ilya goes on to say why we rarely look back on the leap forward. And she said it's part of a general tendency to downplay crimes committed by communist regimes as opposed to right-wing authoritarians. Boom. Huge statement coming out of the Washington Post. I'm shocked. But she's absolutely right. Or millennials and younger wouldn't think communism is just not such a bad thing. Government will just take care of all of it. How bad could that be? Well, just look at China. Look at Shanghai. Unlike in the days of Mao, today, very few Western intellectuals actually sympathize with communism, but many are reluctant to fully accept what a great evil it was. Fearful, perhaps, that other left-wing causes might be tainted by the association. Uh, yeah, because most of the left-wing causes are communist in their nature. Anti-life, anti-property, anti-liberty. Those are the three named, not the only, but the three named conditions that our government is to protect at all costs. And we have the Bill of Rights to ensure that the government does not even look in their direction or breaching life, liberty, and property without due process. See, there's no due process in China. There's no due process under a communist regime. There has been little to no due process in the United States of America for the last 26 months. You don't do what we say, you don't get to go out of your house. You don't do what we say, you don't get to go to work. You don't get to produce and provide for your family. You don't do what we say, you don't get to eat. You don't do what we say, you don't vax your kid, we're gonna take it away from you. Those things have all happened here in the last 26 months, thanks to white suburban Karens. So why does this matter? The article ends up. Our continuing historical blind spot about the crimes of Mao and other communist rulers leads us to underestimate the horrors of such policies and makes it more likely that they might be revived in the future. The horrendous history of China, the USSR, and their imitators should have permanently discredited socialism as completely as fascism was discredited by the Nazis. But it has not, so far, fully done so. So China's people forgetting their history or not being taught their history, no different than our people, forgetting our history or not being taught genuine 
non-revisionist history. And, you know, part of the problem is that history belongs to the victors, right? We know that, Joe. That's why Stalin is marginalized a little bit when we revisit the Cold War. Because after Hitler broke the Pact of Non-Aggression with Stalin in 1939, when he invaded Poland, and Stalin was like, okay, well, F you, I'm going to go to the Allies. So his crime, because the Allies were quote-unquote good, right? So what he did after just doesn't get enunciated in history. It's not pronounced. Not nearly enough. None of them are, because... The people that own our government want a communist regime. And if America finally falls, then the one world government, uh, I mean, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump. It's not even a hop, skip, and a jump. It's just a little toe step, you know, like those little ballerina toe steps, Joe. So Tucker Carlson had an amazing assessment of what's going on. and. Uh, I found a piece at the Daily Mail that kind of highlights his points. And he was basically warning viewers that the lockdowns in Shanghai are providing the Biden administration with more ideas on how to control people. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know that they need any any more ideas, Joe, but um, we'll see here what he's got to say. So Tucker Carlson warned that the COVID-19 lockdown in Shanghai was a dangerous example of what could happen in the United States, telling viewers, quote, we're just beginning to see the outlines of the repression that COVID has made possible. Now, I'm skeptical that there will be in the quantities that were initially realized beginning in March of 2020, I, I'm not sure those will be repeated, Joe, because there are, how many times are you gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe? Yeah, we're not gonna fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Fauci was lying. We know that by his email dump. We read from the email. There's so much information coming in. So, in this piece at the Daily Mail, the Fox News host opened his show with a lengthy segment on the tough policies currently being enforced in Shanghai as part of China's zero COVID policy. Okay, now he's going to cry BS on that because I think we all know by now, Joe, that virus going to virus. We've seen the charts. Cities with measures that were communist in nature with the masking, with the lockdowns, with the vax mandates, they fared no better than open states like Florida. So that they're doing this under the guise of the zero COVID policy is if you're buying that, you're falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah, we're not gonna fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. So the country's leaders aim to rid their shores under the zero COVID policy of the virus entirely. And as soon as one case is recorded, huge swaths of the country are forced to lock down. Again, this could very well be Xi Jinping's way of trying to get no COVID 
cases so that a pestilence does not exist before they name him emperor for life or whatever the title is. Western experts warn that the lockdowns are not sustainable and footage on social media has shown desperate citizens of Shanghai begging for food. One man's pet corgi was beaten to death by a health worker after the owner was taken away and put into isolation with suspected COVID. Not with COVID, with suspected COVID. So they beat his dog to death and, well, they probably took it home and ate it. I'm not saying that to be facetious or mocking in any way. These people are starving. You have 25 million people locked inside their homes, said Carlson. So you have the largest prison camp in human history. Yeah, we've seen what that yields here. And again, the, the videos on the internet are documented at CNN, if that's your thing, at PMS, NBC, Fox News, all of them. Carlson continued, if you believe in democracy, this is repugnant. 25 million people just lost their most basic human rights. Yeah, so did America. When we were told to shut down, we could not produce and by extension provide for our families or communities. Some of us were called essential. Some of us were called non-essential by Lord Farquaad DeWine. And if we're being completely honest, this will upset some people. I put a lot of it on Donald Trump because that man doesn't seem to have the capacity to listen to people with sense. And his EQ, and by that I mean the uh, emotional intelligence determining the people around him, whether or not they are scoundrels or not, his EQ is in the negative. I would take him every day and five times on Sunday to the bowl of jello in there now in the people pulling his strings. But you got to be honest when assessing these things, okay? Truth is the shield of freedom. So let's just be honest and realistic expectations are the key to managing our way forward. Okay, so the question is, Carlson asked, has anyone in the Biden administration, which is constantly lecturing us about democracy and human rights, said anything about the situation in Shanghai? Has the State Department issued an angry denunciation of Xi Jinping? Is the U.S. government threatening sanctions against China for building the world's largest prison camp? Of course, that's a rhetorical question. Of course not, because the CCP is part of the globalist cabal that owns our government, that owns the bowl of jello in chief. Carlson argued that Xi Jinping, his government was locking the city down, not because of the virus, but because it was the freest place in his country and posed a threat to his authoritarian country. Shanghai, home to 25 million, has seen its case count rise. It is again the richest city in China and you never thought you'd see anything like this. So the question is, what is going on here? Obviously it's not about COVID, Tucker said. Let's stop pretending. Shanghai does not have a COVID crisis. That's a pretty big statement, Tucker. Even if Shanghai did have a COVID crisis, we know perfectly well from the recent experience that this is not the way to handle a COVID crisis. Exactly because, again, virus gonna virus. 
And most of the cases there are Omicron. You're not hearing about hospitalizations. You're not hearing about deaths. You're just hearing about case counts from a faulty PCR test. That's what they did here to try to write out 15 days to slow the spread into 26 months. Don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah, we're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. So from the perspective of China's central government, the problem is not COVID. It's Shanghai itself. Carlson said Shanghai was singled out because it was independent-minded and home to a large number of international residents. Shanghai is probably the freest place in China, he said. It's certainly got more foreign nationals than any city in China. They're drawn by the trade that revolves around its historic port. So by Chinese standards, Shanghai is pretty independent. That's a problem for authoritarians. So they have to do something about it. That's a threat. Now, he's not taking into consideration here the, you know, the, the divine, um, you know, like the Roman emperors were, it, it, I think it was after, after Octavian, you know, they were divinely appointed. And you had to think of them as king, appointed by God or whatever, one God in their pantheon. But this is certainly a possibility. It's a, a huge possibility. Again, we just take all things into consideration. On Monday, the city of Philadelphia, he said, announced that it was reintroducing its mask mandate, the first major U.S. city to do so. I think we need to cue Jack Reacher, Joe. Citizens of Philadelphia, you're not in China. Can we mask you and your families and suffocate you and prevent you from going to work and providing for your families and communities? No. Well, we're going to make you do that. Or Really? No. Well, there's this thing called the Second Amendment, so bring it. That's the difference between us and the people in China and many other countries. That Second Amendment ensures all the others. I'm not calling for violence, but I also don't misconstrue violence with self-defense. That crap is not to go on in the United States of America. If you want that kind of crap, you want government ruling your life, guess what? We have wide open borders through which you can march your sweet patoot. And there are several countries that will be happy, joyful to oppress you and your families. You white suburban Karens think you got it bad here? Hang out in Shanghai. Hang out in Venezuela. They'll be happy to oppress you and your children. So COVID-19 cases are ostensibly have increased in the previous 10 days in Philadelphia, this piece continues. Again, I'm reading from the Daily Mail. Said the Department of Public Health, like I believe anything that comes from any department of any government, and I don't care about the cases, ostensibly determined from a faulty PCR test that even the corrupt SOBs at our three-letter agencies owned by Big Pharma said was junk when it comes to COVID testing. On April 11th, the Philadelphia Department of Health said that the city was averaging 140 new cases per day. Carlson said the restrictions were being reintroduced to control people. Quote, if you watch carefully, you can see all of this taking shape. And why wouldn't it be taking shape in this country? We've got midterm elections coming. Ooh, 
And there you go. He noted that the Biden administration is thought likely to bring back their lunatic vax mandate for federal employees. That was worded weird. Sorry about that. Which was challenged by a Texas judge in January and then reinstated by New Orleans appeals court last week. Andy noted that in Dallas, the Love Field Airport, two seven-foot robots known as security control observation towers were being trialed to monitor people within the airport. They will alert security if you're not wearing a mask. Really? Um, I've got my mask and my vaccine card. It's right, Joe, it's right behind this finger. Can you see it? Yeah. I got the same on the other hand too. Double barrel shotgun middle fingers. We've got Big Brother meeting the Brave New World because they were used as instruction manuals. Or if you're caught parking a car for too long at the curb while picking up a traveler, these uh, seven-foot robots will get you. We'll just get one of those things to zap them. What are those things called, Joe? I know they exist. Now, Tucker continued, now with facial recognition software, the robots could know exactly who the disobedient are. We're just beginning to see the outlines of the repression that COVID has made possible. No, we're not just beginning to see it. I would disagree with him there. The reason he's saying that, folks, and I'm, I'm look, I like Tucker Carlson. I think he's been at least, uh, he's pushed back more so than most others in the mainstream media. But he was all in in 2020. He was all in with the mandates. He was all in with the lockdowns. He was, I don't know if you remember that, but you can go back and look at it. I know that because I emailed him several times with data that were coming out that completely inconsistent with what they were claiming. Now, I think he got burned by a source who intentionally wrapped him up in the wrong narrative. And I think he was really pissed off about that, which is why he started on down the road of pushing back as hard as he did, despite the progressives that run Fox News. So he said that, you know, if we want to know what the future looks like, you can look at China and shiver. In the state of California, the state is starting to pull funding from any school that won't comply with the new mandate, a vaccine mandate for children. Mr. Reacher, can we jab your child with an emergency use elixir? No. Can we mask your toddler? No. And you know what? I blame California. Just like I blame Ohioans for Lord Farquaad DeWine and his merry band of progressives in all three branches at the Ohio State House. I blame Californians. I blame the people of Philadelphia. Just say no. If we're supposed to say no to drugs, I can say no to that drug. It's inconsistent for you to meet for you to expect me to say no to pot or cocaine or whatever. But you want me to take this drug over here? No. And it's wrong for any company to go Soviet or I can say to go CCP on its employees and force them to do it. Shame on them. They are every bit as complicit. And I hope that these companies get sued into oblivion because that's not the American way. That's the communist way. Joe Biden endorses the mandate for children. Inject your children with a drug 
with no actual benefits or no education for your family. That's the deal in California. So the United States, Tucker says, has no higher priority than the safety and security of U.S. citizens. Okay, Tucker and I would, this is a nuanced argument, but I would disagree with Tucker. The number one priority of the government is not to keep us safe from a virus. It's to keep us free. That puts responsibilities on us and that puts responsibilities on government. Hence the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights, those are rules for government. The Constitution, you've heard of Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, those, that is a rule for government, all the rules for government, not us. Our job is to be responsible, educated, and frankly, a well-armed militia in case government moves outside those bounds. So I would disagree a little bit with him there. Okay, so let's keep an eye on, on Shanghai and hope that we learn the lessons not just of our history but the history being made now across the world okay thank you for listening thank you as always to magic man joe strecker producer extraordinaire until next time everyone carthago delinda est and have a great day with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.